1: I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Tucker fans all over the world, it is time. It is time for another strong session of into the net fc so sit back relax and get ready for a wild ride where you will hear the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth the intensity on the pitch is about to go down and here we go Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Into Net FC, the soccer talk segment of the Bear of Texas podcast, available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Amazon Music. It's my honor to welcome back my good friend and my mentor in beautiful and sunny Southern California. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome back Steve Adams. And a
0: happy Friday night to everybody as we are recording this.
1: Yeah, it's unusual because we're actually doing twice a week because I'm going to be honest with everybody. I forgot that October 1st was the day that the next Champions League group draw would take place. So when I saw the news, I was like, wait, that was today? Oh, my God. And I can honestly say I, I am absolutely astonished with the final results of the draw.
0: Some really interesting groups.
1: Really interesting groups. I mean, I'm looking at it now. I mean, four clubs are actually making their debut. And, I mean, the only one I can actually pronounce is uh, Rennes. They're making their debut. And another club in, in Istanbul. And those other two, I just can't pronounce it. I can't.
0: <laughs> so, so shall we start with Group A?
1: Uh, yes, let's. So, Bayern Munich. Atletico Madrid, RB Salzburg, and Moscow Locomotive. Well, we know, we all know who clearly is the favorite to top the group, don't we, Steve?
0: <laughs> well, I think yeah, I think there's I think there's a pretty clear demarcation between the top two favorites. Clearly, Byron, uh, although they had a major beatdown put on them um, uh, last week by uh, Hoffenheim in the Bundesliga, but Defending champs, and, um, you know, they're still very, very loaded.
1: They are. And And here's an early prediction. I think Bayern Munich, since I said this weeks ago, Bayern Munich is my favorite to win it again. I think because they're loaded, they're tough, they're focused, they have everything, they got everything that it takes, they can just easily win it again. I think Bayern Munich tops the group, but they leave a path of destruction during the group stage.
0: I think they win this one clearly going away. And then uh, Atletico, with their new signing, they picked up Luis Suarez from Barcelona. So uh, they added a little bit of offense. Uh, will Diego Simeone actually try to open things up and make it a more interesting team to watch? Meh, who knows. But I think that um, with his you know realism, um, to use the French term, uh, I think Atletico should fairly comfortably take second place in this group ahead of Salzburg and Lokomotiv Moscow.
1: I mean, this top group. I mean, it, it. I've always noticed in the World Cup or in the Champions League, whatever group A, it, it always seems like the top favorite is always clear. Like it's always crystal clear. Although in the World Cup, for me, uh, two years ago, I, I wasn't so crystal clear because I clearly underestimated a certain team, but mean, Bayern Munich really should have no problem. I mean, they, they should win every single game. I mean, if Atletico is able to hold them to a draw, well, that's definitely me eating my words, but Bayern Munich is too damn strong. So,
0: But, yeah, I mean, I think clearly Bayern and Atletico, I think they're they're the class of this group.
1: Exactly. So, you know, so it's clear. So, Bayern Munich and Atletico go... And I guess and I'm going to go with RB Salzburg gets relegated to the Europa League
0: I think that's realistic I think Salzburg gets the third third place which you know they're you're losing Cupid doll if you will is uh, if you, when you finish third place in the Champions League groups it's your automatic ticket to the Europa League uh, fourth fourth place your European soccer is done for the year
1: mm-hmm that's unfortunate for look for uh, Moscow Locomotive, but realistically, they really don't have a chance. Now we are at Group B: Real Madrid, Inter Milan, Shakhtar, and Gladbach. Another obvious group, but the question is, who's gonna w- go on top? And really, I'm gonna piss off a lot of Los Blancos fan here, but I don't think Real Madrid's winning the group. Really? Yeah. Because
0: Listen.
1: I think Inter Milan is going to win the group, and no, not because I'm a fan of Romelu Lukaku. Look, let's let's be honest. Real Madrid into they're off to a they've okay they've won two games in, in the Liga play. They're two and oh they're two and they're undefeated because they have one one draw, but they are not good. I mean, come on, those results are unconvincing. They're not they're not even impressive. The team is disoriented. I mean, Eden Hazard is hurt again. You know, Luka Jovic, we don't even know if he's going to have a good game or not. You know, Rodrigo, we don't even know if Rodrigo is even going to appear or not. If if he's going to be in the lineup at all. I mean, there's, there's a lot of question marks surrounding Real Madrid.
0: Well, I think even in their unsettled situation, you know, given the state of affairs in Spain... I still think Real will probably be the favorites in Spain, but as far as within this Group B, um, I don't know. I think that's a I think that's a bold pick to to pick Inter to fit to finish top. Although, you know, they've been playing you know pretty darn well. I mean, ever since the restart, they've been playing some really good ball. Um, you know, I I had them picked to certainly advance from the group, but. Um, this group's a little more competitive than uh, than Group A. Shakhtar, the Ukrainian club, which, because of the unsettled political situation in that in the, the Ukraine, it's basically a war zone, um, Shakhtar is having to play their their home games elsewhere. Uh, Motion Gladbach, uh, this is a German club. It had a really good history uh, back in the 70s in Germany, but... Um, Really, ever since they lost the UEFA Cup final in 1980 to Frankfurt, they really haven't had too much of a whiff at anything with uh, top-flight European football. Uh, Shakhtar had a deep run in the Europa League. Um, But uh, I, I I think Real Madrid has... I think they still have enough class, even without Hazard. I still think they have enough class to top this group. Inter will certainly make it very, very competitive, and then I think for I think for third, I think Shakhtar will edge out the Germans for third place in the group.
1: That's reasonable, but for me, I have to I have to stick with it. I think Inter Milan wins the group. I mean, Real Madrid. I've said this before. I mean, at this point, they're unpredictable because let's face it they have not been the same since the departure of cristiano ronaldo and they have not picked up that groove since because we all thought that eden hazard would be the guy to take over but hazard just can't seem to you know stay healthy i mean you know it's like he's cursed and and he's hurt again just recently and and he's out for 3 to 4 weeks which means he's very likely to miss el clasico and he's probably going to miss the first uh, group stage game for real madrid Because the group uh, starts uh, on the 20th of this month, I believe.
0: Well, and I think, too, uh, Roberto Martinez, the manager for the Belgian national team, he has to be very, very concerned. Uh, Hazard is a very big figure on that Belgian squad. And uh, clearly, if he's not able to play for Real Madrid, he's not able to play for Belgium either. So... um, you know, it certainly is having a, a big ripple effect with the travails that he is having with his health. I
1: mean, it's horrible, and I, I'm i really hoping that he gets healthy soon because Eden Hazard is just amazing to watch. And, you know, all that that huge investment, all the money that Real Madrid invested in him, I mean, God, I mean, he's valuable, so... I just I, I just hope, you know... If, if Real Madrid, you know, since they make it out of the group stage, if he's good to go by the time the knockout stage is ready, and he's fully fit, everything will be, then you know what? He just might be okay. But at this point, all I can do is say we'll have to wait and see because we don't know what's going to happen. Right. But now we get to Group C. All right. Manchester City, Porto, Olympiacos, and Olympique de Marseille.
0: This is actually probably the tightest of the groups as far as, I think, you know, Man City would have to be considered the favorite in the group, but, I mean, to be honest, their form has been, you know, pretty uneven, to, to say the least. Uh, I mean, losing to Lyon in the quarterfinals of the this recently completed Champions League, and then uh, the major beatdown that they took at home against Leicester City, uh, things are a little bit unsettled over at the Etihad Stadium. Porto, they've been pretty much uh, the dominant team in Portugal for a while, and actually this year the only Portuguese club in the Champions League, Benfica and Sporting. Uh, They did not qualify for the Champions League, so Porto is going to be carrying the banner for Portuguese club football. Uh, This is a team that's won this is a club that's won the Champions League twice in its history. Uh, Olympiacos It's a club where it's always an away fixture. It's a very tough away fixture in a usual year. Uh, The Greek fans usually uh, come out in force and they make a very, very uncomfortable environment for the visiting team. But right now with Everybody playing on semi-lockdown, and most of the stadiums not really being open to fans. You know, their their home field is gone. As is Marseille, uh, the lone French team to have ever won the Champions League. Uh, they won that back in 1993, but uh, Marseille actually was able to to get back in. Uh, Marseille's form of late has been very very uneven. After in the French league, after beating PSG for the first time in nine years. Marseille has just had a really bad run of form. They've only gotten two points out of a possible nine in their last three games. Uh, can they rebound uh, to, to play well in this group? I have to think that of, of the way that the draw could have fallen for Marseille, I think this is probably the most favorable draw that they can get, as far as you know, feeling like you know they they could possibly be competitive with Porto, possibly with Olympiacos.
1: See, for me, the way I see it is, it's going to be a battle for second place. I think Porto and Marseille. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I would have said it's going to be a battle between Porto and and Marseille. But as you just mentioned, Marseille has not been doing well since they. Pull off that upset against Paris Saint-Germain, but if if Marseille manages to turn things around by the time this tournament starts, then it could still it could be a tight a tight one between you know, Por- Por- uh, Porto and Marseille. But but it's clearly it's obvious Manchester City is topping the group.
0: I think Man City tops the group. I think I think Porto by a whisker. I think Porto takes second. But I think somehow Marseille might do just enough to be able to squeeze third place at a possible Europa League spot. I
1: mean, I'm going to be honest, if, if Marseille finishes fourth, people are, are going to be pretty
0: upset. Oh, clearly. Clearly. Uh, this, the the public in Marseille, they're very supportive, they're very loyal, but if uh, if they feel that they're not getting a good effort from their players, uh, it's a fan base that can also turn uh, pretty quickly on its team. And, uh, I mean, things are already a little uh, on the short-tempered side in Marseille. Recently in France, they've closed down um, the restaurants and the bars in Marseille, and uh, that really hasn't gone over very well with the local populace. So uh, factor in the, the stressors that have come along with the pandemic and local uh, reactions to how to combat the, the pandemic in Marseille and in southern France. And then if you were to throw in them not even qualifying for the Europa League out of this group, yeah, it would be a very, very upset fan base to be sure.
1: Just have to wait and see, but I think Manchester City and Porto advance, and Marseille gets relegated to the Europa League. Now we get... Okay, now this group, Group D, very interesting. Liverpool, Ajax, Atalanta, eh, <laughs> I can't... Okay, okay uh, how do you say it?
0: Metzuland.
1: Uh, Metzuland, okay. It's a Danish club, I believe. Right, and I, and I believe the they're actually making their debut. And I believe this is the first time they're appearing in this tournament.
0: Yeah, to my knowledge, they've never qualified for the Champions League before.
1: Well, I mean, what what a way to have your debut to, to be paired up with Liverpool, Ajax, and Atalanta. Oh boy. Okay. Well. All right. Well, let me get straight to the point. All right. Liverpool is gonna okay. I'd be an idiot to say that Liverpool is not going to win the group, but Liverpool is definitely going to win the group.
0: Liverpool certainly should win the group. Uh, Some recent bad news, uh, they found out that Sadio Mane uh, tested positive for coronavirus, but he should be healed up and fine for once uh, competition starts uh, for the Champions League. So you've got, within this group, you've got Liverpool, who... They've won the Champions League six times. You've got Ajax. You know, this is a team that's won the competition, by my count, I believe it was four times. The uh, last time they won it was 1995. Uh, Atalanta, uh, they were newbies to the Champions League last year. Made a very deep run, lost in the quarterfinals to to PSG. So, uh, But the thing with Atalanta, Ajax, Liverpool... They all play very entertaining, very attacking uh, football. And uh, these are going to be some really, really fun games to watch.
1: It is, a, and you know, I am actually plan on, I'm, I'm planning to uh, pay specific attention to this group because I really want to write a story between Ajax and Atalanta. Because when the final results are in, like when it's all said and done, who's advancing, who isn't. It's gonna, You know, if Ajax manages to do it, that's going to be a pretty good story because, you know, Atalanta was the dark horse from last year's tournament. And, I, I mean, Ajax, uh, if I remember correctly, Ajax didn't have such a great tournament last
0: year. Well, they didn't even qualify. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's the story, too. That's one of the things I would mention. Like, they go from not qualifying to rebounding. I mean, they went from eliminating Real Madrid to not qualifying, to basically picking up where they left off, or to attempting to pick up where they left off. So in my case, it would be a hell of a story. Now for At- Atalanta, it would be another story if they were... Because Atalanta was not was in the uh, tournament for the first time last year, and if they can continue the mem- momentum going, keep the m- momentum going, that's just another story for me to write. So that's why I'm going to pay close attention to Group D. Now, okay, now this is definitely a pipe dream. This is just me... Th- Obviously, just me being a nagging journalist, imagine if this happened. Imagine if Liverpool did not win the group. But if that happens, that's just another story. But really, there's no way. Liverpool's got this.
0: I mean, I think Liverpool wins the group. Um, I'm actually going to pick Ajax in a bit of an upset. I'm actually picking them to pit, pit Atalanta for second place in the group. Um, I think this is a team that's got a lot of young talent, um, not too unlike a couple of years ago when they made that deep run into the Champions League where they lost in the semifinals to Tottenham. But uh, I think that this is a team that that might be able to surprise.
1: You know, I agree, and I think Ajax is definitely, you know, I would say Ajax has that potential because, you know, they want to make up for what happened. They weren't even in it last year, and they're not happy about it. And they have to live with the fact, like like I just said, they went from elim- eliminating Real Madrid to having that deep run to making it to the final four to not qualifying. I mean, for them, that's just purely unacceptable. But uh, a prediction is uh, while I do have Liverpool winning the group, I it, it, you know with Ajax like that, I, it would be amazing if Ajax were to hold Liverpool to a draw. That would actually be a sign that Ajax is. Becoming Ajax again, like the it could be the better one, a better team that we saw two years ago.
0: So, so are you picking Liverpool and Atalanta then?
1: No, I'm. A, I'm gonna. I, I agree with you. I think Ajax gets second, pulls off the upset. But here's another bullpen. person. I think Ajax is gonna give Liverpool a run for their money. Uh, and from that is, th- and what I mean by that is. They're not gonna let Liverpool push them around. They're gonna have. They're gonna make Liverpool earn. Like have to really fight hard to earn a win against them.
0: But clearly, there's gonna be a lot of goals. It's gonna be a very, very, you know, fairly wide open group as far as the games play. No parking the bus to be sure.
1: Absolutely. And as far as well, sounds like you still can't say the, da- the Danish club. Well, I can't. I don't see them winning any games, honestly.
0: No, I don't either.
1: I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, if there's any supporters of that club is saying, like, I mean, absolutely no disrespect, but when you are pair up with, you know, with three big clubs like that, I mean, on your debut, then I mean, I guess it's all we can say is tough luck, right? Indeed. All right, Group E: Sevilla, Chelsea, Krasnodar, and Ren. Okay, if I'm if I'm mispronouncing those names, bad. I deeply apologize, y'all. Well, hmm. Oh, man. This is really a challenge for Rennes because Rennes is another team making its debut to the Champions League. And speaking of Rennes, they're still at the top of Ligue 1, although there's a certain club that we're going to talk about later that's knocking on that door. But now I'm looking at Group B. Well, I'm just going to say, okay, well, you know what? No, 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 no. A few hours ago, I said, "You know what? Chelsea's gonna win. is is gonna easily top his scoop." But then I kind of told myself, "What the hell am I thinking?" Sevilla won the Europa League last year.
0: Okay, they're tough. Well, they also gave Bayern Munich a really tough game in the Super Cup final. That one ended up going to overtime, with the Bavarians winning in overtime. But Seville, the Andalusians, gave them really a very, very tough game. Um. I think right now, I think the stylish Andalusians. I actually picked them to win this group ahead of Chelsea. See,
1: and I agree because see, I'm glad I stopped myself and I seriously reconsidered because originally I had Chelsea topping the group, but now I mean, if this is even before we even started, because I did because I was looking at some of their latest performances. No, I think it's clear that Sevilla, Sevilla, is going to top the group and. Look, for as far as Ren goes, I, I'm really cheering for Eduardo Camavinga, especially because you know he's the 17 year old he, he's representing France. And speaking of uh, Camavinga, he's just been uh, he's part of the squad that will play for France's uh, upcoming Europa League games, and I, I wish him luck, and I can't wait to watch him play. But for Ren, I, th- I think I think Ren is going to finish third and and be relegated to the Europa League. But I, I'm sure a lot of Chelsea supporters are, are pissed off right now because I I. Because I went back on my own word and reconsidered, and I don't have Chelsea top in the group. So, look, y'all, I mean no disrespect. I mean, this is coming from a Manchester United fan, but I'm not doing that because of that. I'm just being realistic. Sevilla is tough. They got a good... They got, you know, the the manager, you know, was the former... Managed the the Spanish national team, but that ended uh, tragically, you know, because of the whole thing with Real Madrid, but his tenure at Real Madrid didn't go so well. So... I'm happy for this guy, uh, Julian Lopetegui, if I'm pronouncing the name correctly, is really redeeming himself. He's finally like picking himself. He's picked himself back up. He helped Sevilla win the title from Inter Milan. <laughs> so I think Sevilla is on fire. I think that I think they have a bright future. That's why they win the group, in my opinion. Okay. But <laughs> now, now, let me ex- not now. Uh, allow me to explain why I don't think I don't see Chelsea winning the group. Chelsea's got talent; there's no doubt about it. But there's a lot of problems right now with the team. I mean, Christian Pulisic is still hurt, and it's still unclear if he's going to be fit to play by the time the tournament starts later this month. The well, team, the-, the team, just it- is lacking that direction. So that—that's why I'm worried about the team.
0: Well, their defensive foibles are pretty well known too. But, um, but, you know, it's kind of an interesting group, though, as far as the other two, Krasnodar. It's, it's actually a fairly new club. They only came into creation in 2008. So it's a, it's a team that plays in southern Russia. Uh, it's the, the second biggest city in, in southern Russia. It's a big economic hub. So, you know, this is a first for this club to be in the Champions League. Wren, uh, they're, they're newbies as well. So um, I think for right now, the, the fight for third will be between the Russians and, and the Bretons. Uh, at, at this point, I don't know. I think I'll, this one I'll vote with my heart and I'll give Wren the edge for taking third in Group E. I
1: mean, that's how I feel. I mean, it, it, it's from the heart. Because well, Rennes is always you know it's a club that no one really thought about up until recently, but they've got some big things going. They're doing fine, so I think they're good enough to win third. So I'm willing to give it to them. All right, Club F, Dortmund, Lazio, Bruges, and Zenit. Hmm. hmm.
0: This is a pretty. This is a pretty even group. Yeah, uh, I have to. Yeah, I agree. Very even. You know. uh... Zenit, Dortmund, uh, Lazio, Bruges. I think off the cuff, I really don't see Bruges being really competitive for any of the top spots. I think the top three are going to be between the Russians, Dortmund, and Lazio. And I think in this one, I think I'm probably going to give the edge to Dortmund and Lazio in this group.
1: I mean, that's honestly... The realistic thing to say because Dortmund uh I mean they're obviously they're not the, they, they haven't been the same, you know, they without Usman Dembele and Christian Pulisic. But you know uh the Norwegian player, uh Har, is, is his what's his name again, Harland or something like that? You, yeah, him. Well, I mean Dortmund had that potential last year. They won that first game in the round of sixteen against Paris Saint-Germain. But the Parisians would bounce back in Paris and and eliminate them in, in quite a humiliating fashion. I mean, the way the game ended with it was that brawl. But uh, really, I mean, I'm not sure really who's going to top this group. Dortmund can do it, but and I don't know much. I mean, I don't know much about Lazio. Although, uh, although from what I understand is a couple of years ago, like maybe like in the early to mid 2000s, they were actually one of the best teams in the uh, Serie A. But realistically, it's going to be a battle. I mean, I think Dortmund and Lazio are the are the two teams that advance to the knockout stage. But now we get to the question: Who's going to go with third? I mean, I think it's got to be Zenit.
0: No, um, I think the I think the Russians take third out of this group. I think, and I think they do it pretty com- pretty comfortably. I think uh, I think Bruges is going to have a really really tough time being competitive with this group. Yeah. So
1: basically, this group is just you know it's all said and done. There's really not much to talk about. So you know, but as far as as winning the as as far as winning, since I since I'm not sure, and I kind of like to say I don't make predictions you can't back up. I'm really not sure who's the favorite. I mean, it, it's like it's like you you said you know as we got to this, it's a pretty even group, right?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty darn competitive.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean th- that's why I can't that's why I can't make the official prediction. It's it's competitive, so I have to go with on this one. Is we have to wait and see. But I mean, but but if if if, if wants a prediction, the prediction is Dortmund and Lazio both advance. So I'll go with that.
0: Okay. All right. G. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Group G.
1: Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! What makes it exciting? It's not that it's Juventus versus Barcelona because you know what makes it so interesting is we finally get to see. Cristiano Ronaldo versus Lionel Messi. Except, you know, what makes it kind of, you know, off is that it's not Ronaldo from Real Madrid. I mean, imagine if it was Real Madrid and Barcelona in the same group. But still, this is still interesting. Juventus, Barcelona, Dynamo Kiev, and Ferenc and Vados.
0: Well, (laughs) on this one, uh, yeah, you get to see the the Messi versus CR seven matchup once again. Um, it's a little bit different circumstances. Uh, Juventus after winning, you know, just, they want another Scudetto. Uh, they have since added, uh, the American Weston McKinney. He came over from Schalke and by all accounts has been playing pretty well for the Italian since he came over the other side of the Alps. Um, Juventus is still pretty much uh, a force to be reckoned with. Uh, this is a team that has the talent where they can certainly make a deep run into this tournament, and when you've got a guy like Cristiano Ronaldo and everything that he brings, you know, it's a, it's a team that certainly could go all the way. Uh, the difference now, though, is that the Barcelona team that they're going to be going against, it's really kind of a shadow of itself right now. There's just so much turmoil going on at the Camp Nou, and they've brought in the Dutchman and uh, former hero of Barcelona, Ron Coleman. Uh, can, can he help right the ship at Barcelona? Um, Messi is still in place. Uh, Suarez is gone. Um, you know How many other of the young players are going to get their chance to play? Um, we'll have, we'll have to wait and see, but, um, you know, Dinamo Kiev, uh, another Ukrainian club. I think, I think they'll be the ones fighting it out with Barcelona for second place in this group. And, uh, the Hungarians, Ferencváros. I, I just don't see them being terribly competitive at all with this group.
1: I mean, all said and done, I, I mean, I don't think this uh, Hungarian club has a chance, but, I'm going to answer your question about uh, the Dutchman, you know, riding the ship with Barcelona. I think he can, for sure. But it's going to take time. Look, does it really, Is it can can a, a, a club be rebuilt that quick? I mean, think about it, folks. Was Rome built in a day? No. I mean, I always use that kind of analogy. Or like, you know, did, did the Allies win World War II in a day? Like, you can't build something successful in one day. I mean, me as a sports writer, I mean, I didn't didn't become, I mean, how good I am today. I mean, I wasn't like this when I got out of college. I had to build myself. I had to further build myself and learn more on my own. I mean, that's how how successful guys are, you know, in this industry. You have to do it yourself. But it's going to take time. I mean, look, Barcelona still has Messi, but, you know, Messi, while he's still good, Messi is not in his 20s. Like, he's not a young player that, you know, who's got the, still the, a whole future ahead of him. I'm still saying he has a future, but y'all know what I'm saying. Antoine Griezmann, ever since he arrived at Camp Nou, what has he really done? I mean, nothing, really. And as far as Usman Dembele goes, it breaks my heart every time he's hurt because I want this guy to succeed. When he went to Barcelona, I was so happy. I mean, he's had some good moments, but he just can't seem to stay healthy. And that's the same thing with Samuel Umtiti. But there is uh, the other dude, um, Clement Langley, which, by the way, he I believe he got red card in, in, in the last Barcelona game. But if Usman Dembele were to be healthy, if he had an amazing group stage performance at Barcelona, if all of a sudden he's doing great, I think Barcelona may have a chance of rebuilding that attack around him. And then his, in his future at Camp Nou will be bright. But I'm going to be honest. This is just me being realistic. With Barcelona being the state that, in their state, you know, being like, you know, as Steve said, you know, a complete shadow or a shell of what they once were, I can't see Barcelona at the top in the group, so I have to give it to Juventus.
0: I mean, I think, I, I think you can almost say that uh, for Barcelona, this has probably been as bad a period as there's been with the club since you know the you could argue the late 60s or or the mid 70s when um, they weren't they weren't winning hardware and uh, there was a lot of turmoil in the front of office in Barcelona so i mean it's it's really a very very rough time in with the catalan club right now
1: i mean it, it really is and all i can say is you know i mean i mean people have said before you know it's going to take time but what if what if it never happens? Like, well, if it never happens, it's a shame. But, well, okay. The point is, look, it's awful that Barcelona is as as they are. But look, it's it's gonna happen. I mean, a team's gonna have all those years of dominance, and then they fall. You have to be re, you have to rebuild yourself. I mean, Liverpool went through that. I mean, Liverpool for a time was not very good, and, and look at look at the way they are now. But if they do well in this Champions League, it's definitely the first step. To them, you know, going back to the, to, the, to the top of the mountain, but I just don't think they're good enough to overcome Juventus. That's why Cristiano Ronaldo and Juventus win the group. I mean, period. I mean, what else is there for me to say? I mean, the the, the bottom line is, as as painful as it is to say, I mean, even for me, even though I do like Real Madrid, but this is me talking as a sports writer. I mean, Barcelona is just not is just not very good. I mean, they're not good enough to to win the. To win the group, I mean, I can honestly say, I mean, this is this is hard for me to say, but I don't think Barcelona is good enough to win the tournament or to even make a deep run.
0: Well, to be honest with you, of the four Spanish clubs that are in the that are in the Champions League right now, I think I think Barcelona is probably the weakest of the of the four that are in. I mean, right should... now i I could I could see Atletico and I could see Sevilla making a, a deeper run than the Catalans at this point.
1: You know you're ab- you're absolutely right, Steve. You are absolutely right, and, and and just you know and how painful is it that Barcelona and Real Madrid are considered the two weaker teams? <laughs> I mean that 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 all to the boot. I mean that's that's insult that's a uh, insult to injury. But guy, but guys, I mean no disrespect, but you know I'm just stating the facts. I mean I'm just you know being I'm just saying it like it is. I mean I'm not gonna sugarcoat it because that's not what I do. But based on how it is, I mean Barcelona is just not what they were and. They'll be what they were, but it's gonna take time. But that—that's it. But now, now, we get okay. Group H. Oh, but, I mean, as soon as I okay. As soon you as gotta I be a little. This, yeah, I, I had a you smile on my face. You have super
0: conflicted because you're a man, you and you're a PSG fan.
1: Okay, well, I mean, as a fan, fan, yeah, but but as a sports writer, I mean, uh, again, a hell of a story, a hell of a thing to talk about. Paris Saint-Germain, Manchester United. R.P. Leipzig and Basak Kekshir, a Turkish club, but I believe another team that's making uh, its debut.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird having a Turkish team that's not uh, Galatasaray or Fenerbahce representing Turkey in this competition. You know, some new blood coming out of Turkey.
1: You know, and speaking of Turkey, by the way, uh, the final is, is going to be taking place in Istanbul. It was supposed to happen last year, but because of this whole uh, COVID pandemic, fortunately it didn't happen. But it's a shame that you know another team making its debut is placed in a hell of a group. But it's a
0: very it's a very competitive group. Otherwise, I mean, uh, Leipzig deep run in the Champions League. You know, Man U of course. You know, with all the history, you know, it's a club that's won this competition three times. Uh, PSG loaded, made it all the way to the final, of uh, you know, lost a fairly tough game to, to Bayern Munich. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's not really that, that clear cut and Man U has been having a lot of well-documented problems, just even within the EPL. Um, so, so there you go. I, I. I, I still think I think PSG wins this group. Um, and actually, in a little bit of an upset, I'm, I'm actually going to pick Leipzig to finish second ahead of Man U in this group.
1: To be honest, this is going to shock you, but I did not have Manchester United advancing. I do not. They're not good. I mean, just like Barcelona. My, Manchester. I mean, honestly, Manchester United is, is in a worse position than Barcelona. Manchester United has that talent, but their mentality, their team chemistry—where the hell is it? It's not there. They don't. Their head is not. They don't have their act together. Okay. I mean, I I don't like what's going on with Man United. I mean, I've I've supported Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for so many since he arrived. I mean, I'm not blaming this on him. I mean, this is a this is a team effort. They're all not doing their job. I mean, they're they're all failing right now. Yeah, PSG is definitely going to top this group. I, I see, and I see them beating Manchester United both times. It, PSG wants revenge for what happened a couple years ago uh, with, uh, with how Manu pulled off some, some sort of an upset. And, P, and speaking of the PSG, they're now second in league. Uh, they're coming off a 6-1 win today. All right. And Mbappe has lo- actually been looking sharp.
0: Yeah, I was actually able to catch part of their game today against Angers, and, um, you know, granted, Angers, team from the Loire Valley in France, it's not, you know, it's not a big club by any stretch of the imagination. They're going to do well just to stay up in Ligue 1. But even still, you know, a 6-1 to one win is, is nothing to sneeze at. I think PSG, by getting over that hump and at least getting it to the final and getting so close... I think whatever inferiority complexes players and fans of PSG might have had previously, I think now they've got enough confidence where I think they could really play with just about anyone.
1: Absolutely. And PSG, just like I said when we did our, uh, our, reca- our recap of uh, Premier League Week 3, when we talked about League A, PSG is scratching and clawing its way back up to League A. And they're one step. They're just one step away from doing it. I mean, in Fr- in French, we like there's there's, a, there's something called "arrête connerie," which means "stop your BS." That's what PSG said to themselves. You know, enough of the games, enough of the screw ups. This is our league. We're t- we're gonna grab it by the throat, and that's what they're on the way to, to do right now. Now, PSG, I have them as a favorite to win the tournament. Now, I think you know, obviously, without all that talent. That makes them a favorite. But the question when it comes to PSG is, just like Real Madrid and Manchester United, it's their chemistry it's their, and it's their mentality. That's the question. So if PSG has everything together, the mentality and the team chemistry, they can win it all. And, and, but that remains to be seen. But in this group, I mean, I have to agree. RP Leipzig, one second. Manchester United is relegated to the Europa League. But, and Manchester United is lucky. They'll be lucky to still be in competition for something.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot that only Gunnar Solskjaer is going to have to do to right that ship in Manchester. I
1: mean, the Red Devils are a mess, and quite frankly, I don't even know when they're going to get the hell out of this mess. I mean, it won't be any soon.
0: No, that's for sure. So now
1: we wrap up going to the groups. Now, the last thing we're going to do is name me your top five favorites that you think can win it all, Steve.
0: Off the cuff, um, I would say Bayern Munich, Liverpool, um, Juventus, PSG, and I think I'll actually go with a Spanish dark horse, Seville.
1: I mean, I think if you ask me, Seville is probably the ultimate dark horse in this tournament. Either them, it's either, it'll be either them or Ajax.
0: But, you know, Ajax certainly has, you know, they they have the romance, they have the history, uh, they have the youth system, I mean, among European teams... There are, there are very few teams that seem to be able to crank out young talent the way Ajax does, to be able to crank out the young talent, get them to play for a year or two, sell them for a massive profit, you know, and still still manage to, to win some the hardware. Um, Dortmund also is a team that has just a, a super youth system. And, uh, you know, to me, that's something that I really like. Um you know, in Barcelona, I mean once upon a time, that was that was really what helped make Barça the Barça of that kind of golden period from like two thousand nine and through the through the early two thousand tens of the the Academy in Barcelona. All these all these local kids that came and they they were part of that youth system or kids that uh, Barcelona brought in from overseas when they were very young like Lionel Messi who was just a little little kid when they brought him over from Argentina I want to say he was like 13 so um, I, I love these clubs that are able to develop their own talent and not just buy out you know other talent that have been developed by by other clubs so I'll I always have a, a soft spot in my heart for, for teams like Ajax and teams like Dortmund.
1: Well said. So, now here are my top favorites. Obviously, you all y'all already know who my number one is. That's Bayern Munich. And, and number two, I have Liverpool. Number three, I have Juventus. You know what? You know what? Yeah, Juventus. Number four, I have Paris Saint-Germain. Number 5, I have to go with probably Manchester City. Because Manchester City's all, you know, for the last couple of years, they've always been a favorite, but their tournament just always comes to a tra- tragic end. Because I mean, Manchester City's all, I mean, I guess on paper they're the favorite, but they just seem to be eliminated, you know, just like that, all of a sudden.
0: But yeah, I just, uh, Man cities they certainly have players, they certainly have talent, but, you know, quite frankly, I think Pep Guardiola, who is a great coach, I mean, he's got a great resume, and, you know, he's certainly one of the better coaches in my lifetime, but in the last few years, I mean, especially in Europe, he's really kind of lost his mojo.
1: yeah so that's why i mean that's why i mean I really i have metro city as fifth but for p s g to be fourth it's it's like i said it's because of their mentality and their chemistry it, it's all about whether they can get it done mentally i mean talent wise they've got all of it they have it all but it, it's just like the French national team you know they have the talent but not the focus that's p s g they have the talent but not the focus that's why they could not get it done i mean they could have they could have scored all those goals they just couldn't do it so that's why, that, that's how I have my whole thing set up. And Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich, even though they got, you know, lost in that in that game, I still believe Bayern Munich is the best club in, not just in Europe, but I think Bayern Munich is the best club in the world.
0: I, th- I think clearly right now, you know, when, when it comes down to the World Club Championship, uh, the Libertadores hasn't been decided yet, but uh, I think... Even with whoever comes out of South America, I think they've got to be the favorites. But, you know, the one thing I will say, too, on, on that subject is, I mean, in Europe, Europe already buys up a lot of the best South American talent. I mean, you know, look at, I mean, just even, even on Liverpool. I mean, they've got three guys that are mainstays on the Brazilian national team, Allison Becker, Fabinho, uh, Bobby Firmino. Whereas, you know, the South American clubs, I mean, it's truly a South American club. There's no there's no North Americans, Asians, or really other nationalities. Whoever wins the Libertadores, it's pretty much going to be a, a, a local, local group. Whereas, uh, you know, really... Whoever wins the Champions League, you know, for all practical purposes, it's a world all-star team. Well said. Well said.
1: Well, we've covered everything we've got need to cover. Steve, just want to say thank you very, very much for joining me on this beautiful Friday. Just want to remind everybody that Into the Net FC is available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Amazon Music. Steve. Thank you so much for joining me. I can't wait to have you back, buddy.
0: Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you later. Sick
1: of being upsold at gyms?